I love this character that I've been trying to preach, o, preach on over the last several weeks named Peter. Peter is this incredible disciple of Jesus, very impetuous, extremely bold, in-your-face kind of guy. And man, could he preach. I, I would love to be able to sit down and have, have been a part of Temple that day and have heard Peter preach or when he would just have, let's say, Bible study groups in his home or wherever he would find himself. I mean, this guy was this audacious witness for Christ. You look over in the book of Acts, and we're going to be in the third chapter today, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles or your, your devices, and it's chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And as you look there, you find this character, Peter, in a very unusual situation. Maybe not so unusual as we get into it, but what I know is the book of Acts is a book of progression. The book of Acts is a book of miracles. And the book of Acts is a book of power. And today, that's all. I just gave it a one-word title. just said power. If you've listened to the songs, if you've worshipped our mighty God today, you've seen there is a theme, power. We're going to look at the scriptures and we'll see the extraordinary things that God did with ordinary people, namely Peter here. He chooses to fill Peter the guy that actually denied Jesus three times with power. And Jesus has always essentially taken people that didn't seem to be candidates, but that would submit themselves to him, and he would fill them with power that they could walk out the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. And God used persecution in the Scriptures, and he uses persecution today to force us to be a greater witness that's dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I'm probably going to say the word power so much, you're going to go, you love peas. And when I say peas, I spit a lot. I notice nobody's sitting on the front row today. That's okay. I've been working really hard this week. I've been drinking a lot of water, so I'm really feeling, uh, feeling it. I'm going to hit the second row today, okay? No, that's gross. I'm not really. You remember when I talked about Peter? He got scared by a little girl at the fire where he was warming himself. But at the end of the life of Peter, Peter's the man, the rock, that stands up to unbelievable persecution, even that he was crucified upside down, the man Peter. And as the early church is formed, as we see in the book of Acts, there's a character that emerges as the prominent leader of the church. It's none less than Peter pretty amazing guy and in later times he begins and he demonstrates the power of God through his life is he's just a vessel that God wanted to fill and he filled and so I think of an application there for us today God wants to fill us just like he did Peter I haven't done this in a while but today in honor of God's word as we gather every Sunday I want you to stand with me and I'm going to read from the book of Acts, the third chapter. I'm going to read these scriptures. So all of you stand. If you've got a Bible, hold it up. Or don't hold it up, just look at it. And if you're reading the NLT, it'll follow right along. If not, it'll be close. But I want you to look at these words. Now Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Now just to get a little barb in here, I'm wondering if it was a 315 prayer service. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, we have the 10, 50, we have 10 o'clock. 
We do comedy. We do all these fun things to get our church started. And I've noticed some of you are getting a little better, and some of you are still high-fiving out there in the parking lot, looking at each other, and getting another donut and a little sip of coffee. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in here. But I want you to just look to your right and look to your left now. This place filled up. The 1015 service. All right, so here it is. It wasn't the 315. It says it was a 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. And each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. <laughs> Had anybody asked you for money lately? I mean, it's not rhetorical. Have you anybody asked you for money lately? If not, we have some beggars outside this morning. They'll ask you on the way out, okay? Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or any gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Awesome. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand. He helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. And then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly. To Peter and to John. Be seated. I love that story. That story just demonstrates power. Not the power of John, not the power of Peter, but the power of Jesus. That's been a theme around this place since we started the church 21 years ago. The power of God. The power that transforms and changes lives. And as I look at this, I think Peter and John, when we first jump into the story, they were so different. Their personalities were so different, you might not have picked them to even be friends. Before that, they were competitive fishermen in the business of fishing in Galilee. And they would probably fish against each other and see who could outfish who. And they would go down to the market and see who had uh, caught the most and who'd get the most money. And then they'd become these incredible uh, competitors, if you will, throughout their life. But then uh, you find them in the Passover in the upper room. And some people come to them. And they tell them that Jesus is not here. He is risen. So Peter and John, they walk to the tomb. That's not what the Bible says. They ran to the tomb. But it is so interesting to me, and I've talked about it at Resurrection. I still don't get it. It's the only gospel that says it. And then John in his gospel says, I outran Peter to the tomb. See, they were always competing. Always competing, but yet they were buds. No, they were partners in the gospel you know that's what we are as a church we're partners in the gospel of jesus we get to do it together we get to come together so on resurrection day they ran past each other and you know they did their thing but then in this story that i just read you they'd gone over to synagogue and they went over there to pray because that was the center of life for practicing jews they were very ritualistic and they were very prayerful minded multiple times a day they would pray and it three in the afternoon at nine twelve three and they would uh, uh psalm 55 if you go there it talks about these times of prayer and these jewish people did it well and yet when they got there god has a divine setup 
I just don't want you to write in your notes. It's not going to come up on the screens. I want you to write divine setup. Our God is in to divine setups. God loves to do things that only God can do, that God can get some glory. Can I get a big amen? And God will put you in situations you do not intend to be in, and sometimes it's just for his honor. It's just for the famous one of Israel. It's for God. But there, look what it says in verse 2. They approach, and here's this lame man, and we're going to talk about him a lot. But they laid him at the beautiful gate. Now, I did some study on this, and I found it so fascinating as I looked at the gate. But before I get there, I want you to know, this lame man was impoverished, great need. There was no welfare system in Israel to take care. Many times they were cast outside their families that maybe the temple could see. In the temple, there was a thing to worship God, and also the Scripture talks about giving alms to the poor. So they figured if they were outside the gates of the temple because they'd been alienated, they'd been isolated, if they were out there, there was a chance somebody was going to put some coins in their little bowl or their little bucket on the way out or on the way in, and they were going to get something because people wanted to show themselves to be holy, godly. I don't know people's hearts, but there were probably a lot of people that just did it for show. But anyway, they were begging. As I studied this, it says that some 10,000 people entered the temple at a time. Guys, that's massive. 10,000 people gathering. That's probably a lot more than went to your local football game this past week, okay? And 10,000 of them, all the noise and Man, I, I, I bet it was just awesome. I wish we could just go back there. I've actually walked the streets of Israel, and I've seen those temple gates, and I've seen that, but I've not seen 10,000 gather. But here, there is the sovereign God that shows up, and he's going to do something that we're going to see here in a minute. But there's these beautiful gates. And let me tell you about the beautiful gate. The gate was 75 foot tall. It was built out of Corinthian brass. It was a magnificent gate. It was a gate to behold. And beside this 75-foot wall, or this 75-foot gate, there was a lame beggar laying at it. Actually, I think there were a lot of beggars laying outside the gate. Did you notice the Scripture never gives this lame man a name? We just know him as the lame man. I wonder how many other lame people were there. I've often thought, too, how many times had Jesus walked in the temple? And passed by this man and many other lame. And in the scripture, people said, Oh, Jesus always healed everybody. No, he didn't. Read the scripture closely. He healed many of their affirmities and their diseases or whatever they had, and he raised the dead. But this particular time, it was sovereign God. Let, let me just get you to get this. Sovereign God means that God does stuff in his timing and his ways are higher than our ways, and God does it when he knows it's the right time. And the church said, Huh? How many of you have tried to persuade God to get on your time? And come up here and testify and tell me how that's working for you. But this day, this beggar, he didn't go to the temple saying, Hey, today I'm going to get healed. He didn't do that. He did think this. I'm going to the temple and I'm going to get some cash. I'm going to get some coins today. And he got something much greater. So these, these uh, temple gates begging for money this man as i study he was probably about 40 years of age in the temple 
gate here is where they gathered, as I said, to beg and to beg and to beg. But as far as this beggar is convinced, there's nothing more special about this day. It, he wasn't like, hey, today's the day of the eclipse. Today's going to be. How many of you, it was a really special day for you, the eclipse? Raise your hand if it was special. All right, the rest of you, if it wasn't special, raise your hand. Yeah, you're like, man, just another day. You know, same thing. Okay. And, and some, we have some people here that drove far away to get different views. I think that's pretty cool. But let's keep going here. This beggar had resigned to his fate. I think that I'm just going to be crippled. I'm going to be lame. I'm going to beg for bread and money and anything that anybody give me all the rest of my life. And then I want to be really practical today. When you and I encounter beggars, we get uncomfortable sometimes, don't we? The church of the living Christ, we have beggars. They don't sit outside the temple. <laughs> but they come and they knock on the door and they ask for things. And sometimes we're able to meet that need and sometimes we're not. I get in my car and I go over to go to lunch like you do. And if you ever go over and you get off on the Eastern Bypass, it's almost consistently when I get off, there'll be a homeless or somebody that's in very tough shape. And they'll have a cardboard sign. And it'll be like going to Galveston, not this week. That wasn't even funny. Some of you didn't get it. Okay. Or he'll, it'll say, hey, going, going to slap out, going here. Hey, I will work for food, need something. We did a thing in our small group last year. I thought it was pretty cool. Our group said, let's build some bags for people that are having a hard time for homeless people. You know, let's put practical things like peanut butter and water and crackers and socks and T-shirts. And, of course, we put this scriptures or we put... Uh, pamphlets of declaring the glory of Christ, but just practical stuff, these, these bags. And we made them all one Wednesday night. And over the last several months, we've just been giving them out. And I, I, I never will forget, I, I try to keep some in my trunk. It's just fun. I'll be, I'll be riding up, going somewhere, and a beggar will come to you. And when you roll the window down, guess what? They come running over there quick. And one day, I was flying to a thing, and the Holy Spirit said, you got one more left in your trunk. And so I'm a nut. I'm driving. I put the car in park. I didn't think the guy could have taken the car. And I ran around to the back. <laughs> that would have been hilarious, wouldn't it? Pastor gets his car hijacked. And I ran around to the back, and I got in the trunk, and I got him something. And I come running out and say, hey, man, I don't have any money, but I got something that might help. And, and I'm going to give this to you. And he said, really? I mean, I mean, how many people running around got bags for homeless? I mean, it was pretty cool. And as I looked at my rearview mirror, that guy had ripped that bag open. He was having crackers and turned that water bottle down. I thought, God, that's kind of cool. But anyway, there, there's these beggars here. And I just think we, we see beggars. But let's be honest. How many times will we not make eye contact? I'm ashamed. That's me many times and probably you too. I'm not trying to guilt you today. I'm just trying to say beggars have always been. They always will be. And somehow when we do it to the least of these, my brethren, we've done it unto Jesus. So let's keep going. Let's, so the temple here, huge complex, thousands of people pushing, gathering, you know, getting into the temple. Look at number one. Let's move there quick. Five statements of truth. As a Christ father, we're called to release the life of God into our world. We're release agents for Jesus. We release the goodness and the mercy and the grace of Christ. It's the basic call of the gathered church, of believers, that we declare the power of God, that we make available to them 
the excellent name of Jesus, to have a relationship with Him that we somehow share our faith, that we make it different for them. There's a witness there. And there's so many ways we could witness, and I'm, I'm going to end up doing an evangelism series because I haven't done that in a long time around here. So we'll keep going, but there's all these declarations. So just hang on to that word. Maybe circle it, declaration. What am I declaring? And we, we learn and we do, and we practice the ways of Christ with this sovereign God, and we give him honor. And we let Christ captivate our thoughts. And that's what happens certainly there at the temple. I'm sure that beggar had a lot of thoughts, and he was captivated by the loneliness and how hard it was and Maybe what was he going to eat today if he would eat? Would he have a drink? Would, he, would somebody come back and pick him up? We don't know. Scripture doesn't tell. Does mom and dad bring him and just set him at the gate every day? Did he have some friends that took care of him? Just so many things. I, I get all these questions. But the man, he expected to receive something from Peter and John. And it was money, but it was so much greater. Let me tell you what the Scripture says. The Scripture says, he who has ears, let him hear. And that's what I ask us just to be in that spirit this morning. Lord, give us ears to hear when you're speaking. Let us see the things that you're doing. Let us see you at work, Father. Look at the second point here. God wants us to be witness, a witness that declares his power. We just declare the power of the living Christ. Look at this, verse 6. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk rise up and walk and the scripture as we've already read says that he did now guys that is stunning that is astonishing that is overwhelming that i mean today if we had somebody that came in and we pushed them in here in a wheelchair or they were lame and we carried them in on a mat and we just kind of laid them down here at the steps and somebody just walks over and starts to pray for me and says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the beggar that was laying there, we were watching him the whole service, and they walked down the middle aisle. Would you just go, yeah, just another Sunday at Christ community. Dude, you'd be pulling phones out. You'd be, hey, can I take a video of you? Hey, I just saw the power of God declared. I've seen the power of God in my life. I've seen the power of God in this room. I've seen God heal people, feel people, touch people. I've seen, I saw a man get healed right there in that foyer one day. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done. I've been teaching here for 21 years, and I love it when y'all do the acts of Jesus and don't even associate and get me involved. I walked over one day. I was over here talking to somebody and looked over there, and about four men grabbed this guy, and they took authority in Jesus' name. They began to pray over somebody. And the person was healed that day. And I just stood back and went, I'm going to stay at that church. That was awesome. I just ask you, man, when's the last time you prayed over somebody and for somebody? Do you believe that your prayers make a difference? I believe they do. Amen. Amen, church? Declaring God's power here. The Bible says his strength, strength came flowing into his ankles. Peter sensed it and he took him by the right hand. And, he, and the Greek says, and he snatched him up snatched the old boy up i mean you know I, I, you know i'm one of them, i mean i got i got a feeling that he's a beggar i bet he didn't have a lot to eat i bet he was kind of frail and i bet he needed a chiropractic adjustment when peter snatched him but he didn't care let me tell you i saw one of the coolest deals this week and i saw a guy snatched 
We were out here, Drew designed this great, he's been design, redesigned our website and all our stuff. He's done a phenomenal job. He designed our sign out here on Chantilly. So the other night we said at 5 o'clock, we'll meet and we'll go hang it up. I've learned nothing's ever easy at Christ's community. My wife called me one time, and I'll go ahead and throw you under the bus, Caitlin. She kept buzzing, and uh, uh, Drew's leg was doing that. It's Caitlin, man. She's calling. She's wanting me to come. <laughs> and uh, So anyway, we were, we were out there hanging a the sign. But we were getting close to getting the thing hung, and I saw the most magnificent sight I've seen in a while. Drew's on this side. I'm holding Big Bertha the ladder. You need to see it. It, it, it goes up about 22 foot, and uh, Jesus can go ahead and take it home right now if he wants to. And so we were doing that, and Kevin was on the other side in his truck. And April, if you didn't know this, just thank God for angels. And, and all I can tell you is we were doing it, and the, and the ladder, I, I just looked up, I heard clang, and it slid, and Kevin went flying through the air. Oh, you laugh. It wasn't funny. And, and, and I thought, golly, the boys done broke his neck. We got a lame man. I'm preaching on a lame man this weekend. I'm going to get to try this sermon out. And he goes flying out against the side of the truck. And, and, and man, I'm like, Drew. And, 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 like, I'm getting ready to go run over here and pick him up. And about that time, Kevin comes up, ta-da. It's like he got snatched up. He's on his feet. I'm going, what? That son of a gun is so strong. He went down. He one-handed pawned his truck with his grip and caught the truck and stood up before he landed and broke his neck. And I'm just going, praise the Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah, amen. Yeah. Yeah, since he's got a wedding and a little girl to walk down the aisle in a couple of weeks, amen. Yeah. See, you're just saying, how do you get this stuff? I just read the scripture. And I was, I was getting ready to try it out because I like what it says in verse 9 and 10. And all the people saw this man walking, praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Because they hadn't done it in the name of Peter. He did it in the name of Jesus. The name above every name. So here's my thought this morning. Who are you depending on? What power are you resting on today? Are you trusting in that resurrection power of Christ? You're looking to Him. You're counting on Him. The resources that God allows us to draw upon as believers in Christ. Not in Peter's name. But in Jesus' name. The distinction is, is critical. It's always in Jesus' name. It's not in the name of man. Look at the third point. God empowers what he desires. He really does. There's a couple of characteristics here I want to say about living the, the spirit-filled, spirit-empowered life that Christ wants for all of us. When we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. And the Holy Spirit regenerates us. I, I love that. It's the doctrine of regeneration, to be born again is to be regenerated you were dead and now you've come to life so that's what the spirit does he he comes he he applies himself he he fills the life of every believer the second thing is the holy spirit empowers us then once he comes in to live like jesus to to model like jesus when you're born again you get the spirit some doctrines some denominations teach a little different from that but as i read the scripture the scripture says you are marked you are sealed you are guaranteed against that day now it is a a job of a believer to be continually filled daily with the holy spirit but i love it look, look at the third one the holy spirit empowers us to endure suffering 
I, I think there's no doubt this beggar knew a lot about suffering and shame. Maybe you know something about suffering and shame and hardship, and yet Christ grows us through it. And the fourth thing I just say quickly is the Holy Spirit empowers us to deny ourselves and follow after Jesus. Boy, that, that's really the hard one is we want to die that we can live. I'm crucified with Christ, but yet I live. I live as a spirit man, as a believer in the powerful, magnificent Christ. The Spirit's good and it's necessary and it's for all those. I love where Scripture says, I will give you more of the Spirit to those that ask it. You have all of it, but he says, I'll fill you continually. You want more? Ask, ask. So just write down in your notes, if you take notes, just ask. Just ask continually, Lord, I need to be filled more with you. I want to be filled with your power, with your acts, and with the courage to walk after you. I know this, when I read this story, and I've read it over and over and over, this miracle was real. This is no counterfeit miracle. This is no miracle that like really wasn't a miracle. Man, this is a bona fide miracle that astounded the masses in the synagogue. I bet when Temple let go that day, I bet everybody was talking about the lame man. Matter of fact, sounded like he was like Tigger. They said he was bouncing around. He was leaping with joy. If the Lord had healed you of something, something like that great, would you leap with joy? No, Pastor, I'm kind of stoic. Uh, I'm just, you know, Hawkins, I just kind of keep my hedge down here. We might do the light bulb thing, you know? <laughs> I love that. I, I just realized that's kind of funny that Drew picked that video for today because I think it fits. And some of you saw yourself on there like, yeah, that's me. And then some of you are like, I, I like the woman one, you know, wiping the window. Anyway, okay, let's go. Here we go. The miracle, real, unexpected. Look at the fourth, quickly. The early church was the empowered church that declared the power of the Holy Spirit. And that same power is available to us as believers today. When I close today, we will do that wonderful song that we've sang around here over the years. And it'll be about the same power. That same power that raised Christ dwells in us. The, the empowered church of Jesus he ascends into heaven, but he goes, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the Spirit. You will not be alone. I will be with you to the end of the age. Is anybody in here besides your pastor grateful that Jesus walks with us every day through the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. That's where our victory is. It's in the Spirit. Lord, come and fill this place. Amaze us. And earlier in Acts, it says they spoke boldly. In the name of Jesus, because they had power. The power of God fell upon their life. It empowered them. The, the Spirit always empowers you and me to proclaim gospel. Good news. That's who does. It's not us. It's the Spirit within us. Lord, excite us. Thrill us like this lame man. See, this guy, he has a physical abnormality, rough situation, but he gets so much more. And in us, we think, well, I've got it all together. I've got all my needs, man. I've got, I've got, I've got, 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 whatever. And if some of us are going, I need, 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 need. All I know is we need Christ. We need him more than we need whatever that we're trying to kill ourselves for. But the power that he receives from the Spirit, the power gives Peter abilities as an uneducated fisherman to boldly stand in synagogue and meetings and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, the risen one of Israel. He's the Lord of life. He's the leader. And uh, people, I'm sure Peter, I'm sure he wasn't the most eloquent speaker. 
who did not been trained greatly like the Apostle Paul. But man, was he a powerful proclaimer. And that's what I just want to submit to us this morning is, I don't care where you are in education level or personality, extrovert, introvert, wherever you fit on the Myers-Briggs and all these tests we take, I just want you to know, you can be a powerful witness for Jesus Christ and the power of God lives in you if Christ is in you. And the church said, that's for me, man. I, I can make a difference with my life. And I love this. Jesus pours out the Spirit on everyone who believes. And the Spirit always points us back to Jesus. And it always points to Christ. You know there's a genuine work of God going on when man's not getting the glory, but God is. And we're pointing to Christ. It's easy for us to get all wrapped up and somehow t- entangled with it and somehow take a little credit. And God's like, no, nah, man, I, I did that. God, we want to honor you. We want to bless you. We want you to empower the church and point us back to Jesus every time and enable us, Lord, to go after you. It's, it's the, the power of God is, is resurrection language. It's transformation. Look at the very top. It says, circle it on your outline. Christ-centered life change is what we need. That's the whole statement of this series. Christ-like, Christ-centered life change is what we desire as followers of Jesus. Oh, I pray that it's what we go for, that same power that works through us, that comes through Jesus, surpassing power, that power that literally raised Jesus out of the grave and he reigns and rules forever. That power right now is in this room. That power right now is in believers in Christ. That power right now is filling some overwhelmingly to be greater declares of the gospel today. Resident in me. So I, I just ask you to write down or think of the question, do I need more power? Do I need more power? Nobody can answer that question for you, just yourself. Do you need more? Do you want more? Do you long for more? Do you ask him for more? Or do you just try to go on? Uh, John 5.30, but I do nothing without consulting the Father. I do just as I am told. My judgment is absolutely just because it is according to the will of God who sent me. It's not merely my own. Christ did that which he saw his Father doing, and we do that which we see Jesus telling us to do and what he commands us in Scripture, and we trust in him. In Luke 9, listen to this. Jesus is on the mountain of transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And a man comes to the disciple and he says, Will you heal my son? For he is caught up in these seizures and all this demonic activity. And the disciples got out there and they tried to do some stuff. They tried to heal him. It didn't happen. And then they said, ask the disciples, would, would you heal my son? And they couldn't. And they said, well, Jesus, why is it? Because Jesus says, this kind, this demon, he comes out only through strong prayer. And man, we have that power today. I don't don't think we realize that Christ dwells in us by faith, and we have the power of Christ to do greater things than we've ever done. Jesus said, you'll do even greater works. And a lot of times I'm thinking, man, I don't think we really believe that, or we would rise up in faith and allow Christ to do greater things and depend on him this morning. Look Look at this fifth. This fifth point is absolutely critical to anybody that names the name of jesus ready i want you to fill it in on our journey of faith we exist for one reason to glorify god forever and ever and as we glorify god we help others find jesus and we help them follow him with their whole heart that's the purpose of the church 
We glorify God. We, we honor Him. We lift Him higher. And we point people to Christ, not to ourselves, not to our church, not to a denomination or something. We point them to Christ. So, Lord, help us to, to gather in Your name and realize that you're, you're the famous one. I want you to see this passage right here in Acts 3.13. You, you just looked at I didn't read it to you, but right there in 3.13. Ready? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified His servant Jesus whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him. Lord, all, all I know is when I, when I read through these scriptures, I, 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 just, I get so excited about the gospel and I get thrilled about what God did so long ago, but what he wants to do this morning. So I just ask you to spend some time this week just looking. This, this whole thing, walking, leaping, praising God, I think back to the story of the ten lepers. Remember the story of the ten lepers? Jesus heals ten. And one comes back. And he praises God and he, and he gives thanks. And he says, weren't there ten? Oh yeah, but they had something to do. And only one came back. And when I read about this lame beggar, this lame beggar gets it. This lame beggar is whole, is healed, and he's given praise to all the people about what God has done. So as you walk away today, just think about, am I grateful? Do I thank Jesus for what he's done in me? What he's done in my friends? I'm going to invite the team to come back because we're going to do this great thing, this great song, same power. And as we get into this, I just pray that God will move in our hearts. I, I, is there coming? I just want you to think about something. I want you to read through the book of Acts, possibly, if you're looking for something to read in your devotional time. And that miracles, all through the book of Acts, they're happening to unbelievers. Somehow that God might be glorified. And in this room, I'm just thinking, man, God wants to do that today. He, he wants to do miracles in our midst, and He wants the, the unbelieving to see His power at work. Man, Peter, earlier in his life, you wouldn't have picked Peter to be hanging around Jesus doing these phenomenal things. But Jesus chooses to use Peter, and Peter submits. So this morning, I don't know what you've got in your life. I mean, earlier in, uh, in Acts 5, uh, it says, listen to this in Acts 5, 15. Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as they went by. They were bringing all the sick and the disabled and all these people, and, the, and they just knew this power of God had fallen on this man and it wasn't Peter, but it was the, it was the power of Christ. And I'm just wondering, man, who are people sharing with us and bringing to us? And, or people asking us, man, would you pray for my friend? We don't believe you're powerful, but we believe the Jesus that you talk about, the Jesus that you witness about is all able. This morning, does anybody in this room believe that God's all able? Do you believe God's able to do the impossible today? Oh, no, he, he could do it for somebody else. Guys, I'm telling you. Our God is awesome. Our God saves. Our God delivers. Our God keeps us. And our God heals. Every morning when I walk, I ask Jesus these three things. Jesus, you are my living hope. Would you feel me today? Because there is no hope but you. And then I ask him, Jesus, would you heal me? Because you're my healing God. 
Would you heal my emotions? Would you heal my body if there's something I don't even know about? But God, would you heal me? You're a healer. And then I always close on this one. Jesus, I'm so glad you're a helper. I'm so glad you help a mess like me. Help me today, Jesus. I can't, but you can. Anybody get encouraged today about God's Word? The power of God. Amen. Let's just give him some praise. Our God's worthy. That's right. He's worthy. Hey, guys, let me just say this as we sing this song. I'm so jacked up today because I'm seeing more people in chairs than empty chairs. Hallelujah. I just want to jump, okay? But, guys, I've been in this room when I've preached, and there were people slammed against these walls. There's four and 500 people in this room. Not that I need a big church or that's, that, that's not what it's about. I just think as Blake preached powerfully last weekend about so many unsaved, so many far from Christ. Guys, I wish you would bring your friends. I wish you would beg your pagans friends. I put your believing, whoever. I just wish you would invite people that we would fill this place. I mean, man, when I read and I see 10,000 people going to the temple, man, I go, man, there was some commotion and life in that place. And then this beggar gets healed, I'm going. And then you just keep reading the book of Acts and see all the other things that God does and did. So this morning, I'm just wondering, man, I I just pray that God spoke some kind of power into your life. You came in here powerless. I pray by the Spirit of the living Christ, you walk out full of the power of God, and you walk differently than when you came in. Amen?